FCS football podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. Welcome back to the FCS football podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by my former teammate, former roommate, good friend, Mr. Sean Anderson. This is, like I said, the FCS football podcast, your go-to source for FCS football analysis the only show out there that breaks down the film as deeply as possible giving you every single little tidbit that you need to know no one else does it like we do here on this show a different perspective from typically any other show last week i had to do uh the fcs podcast for the big sky on my own if you happen to tune into that episode if not well you you missed out on a really great show sean was uh not around because he was sick and i was trying to get him to provide an update before the show and i was asking him could you provide an update in the intro and he was a bit odd about it i'm kind of wondering if he was actually sick or not I don't know how much people uh, even need me on the show, given the Twitter response after my one absence <laughs> in two year or, or a year and a half of doing the show. Uh, first of all, Chris Hammond, I love that you were you were tweeting out the show without anybody asking. I re- I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, half the hosts, twice the mo- twice the fun. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> I, I was able to start somewhat of a. I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for. Anti Sean Coalition. Is that what you're trying to start? Uh, a, a coup, if you will, uh, against Sean on Twitter because of remarks by, by Chris Hammond. Uh, I, it was the. Rusty jumps the in F- for, for what reason? <laughs> <laughs> he was just circling. <laughs> not much of a comment from Colin. I don't even know if he commented he or not, something. but I would expect. Yeah, he, you got to expect Colin to contribute in some way or another. Gift but- master. <laughs> He posts way too many gifts. Oh, oh you were asking about uh, the strep throat, uh, yes. not Corona virus, uh, for anybody wondering. I said that, yes. I said that Just last so everyone show. knows, no Corona from me. It was a two, I think, three-day strep throat. I got on some penicillin. Uh, I've been perfect since. Uh, not one issue. Uh, a lot better. Still taking the penicillin, too. So everybody can just... Uh, we can we can just move past it because the last thing I want to do is be labeled as a uh, a sick person right now. Uh, I had a a, a very <laughs> short stint of a of a sickness that was not coronavirus. That is all I feel like I need to disclose. The only coronas that Sean had this past weekend were the ones that he was drinking. Uh, well, on to but um today's. Yeah, it was a bad joke. On to today, today's topic. Talk about a complete stumble through that. <laughs> uh, today's show, we are going to be covering the Missouri Valley Football Conference, the home of the best team in the FCS, North Dakota State. We have so many guys to discuss today. Sean has more work than he's ever had uh, in a very long time in terms of offensive lineman to cover because we typically does two today he has six Can't wait six guys that are nfl quality offensive linemen on our players to watch before we head into that though let's run down last year's standings north dakota state 16 and 0 8 and 0 their undefeated streak is stretching to an unfathomable level they've won yet another 
National Championship. The dynasty for the Bison is 100% real, justifiably being the best team in the FCS. And I don't, I, Sean, I don't think that's too crazy to say. Is that a hot take to say that they're the best football team in the FCS and possibly better than a handful of, if not a lot of FBS programs? Uh, no, that's not a hot take. It feels like it should be. But we're living in reality right now, and that's a real take that is completely honest, and I don't think anybody could or should challenge you on that. North Dakota State could probably kick the crap out of a number of MAC or Sunbelt or... CUSA. Yeah. American just, Conference. Yeah, even the American Conference. I'd be confident that North Dakota State Notre could Dame. win the American Conference. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves there, uh, they, Sean. They, yeah. All right. Well, after them was Northern Iowa, which is a team that we really like. We talked about them in the offseason. 10-5 and five last year, 6-2. and two. They made the playoff, returning a lot of big-name players, one of which is an offensive lineman that Sean really likes. After them was Illinois State. No James Robinson coming back this year. 10-5, and 5-3. Five, five and three. They also made the playoff. South Dakota State, 8-5, and 6-3. and three. They were additionally the last playoff team. And then just on the fringe, on the outside, they were fighting and clawing to be in it, but just barely missed it. Still a good, talented team. Southern Illinois, 7-5, and 5-3. Five, five and three. The Salukis still don't really know what a Saluki is, Sean. Have it's you figured out what a Saluki dog. is? Okay, I didn't know that. Have you known that this whole time? I've known it since ninth grade uh, when I got my first trainer uh, at uh, the gym I go to, uh, and he went to SIU. And uh, he told me what a Saluki was. So he just goes around telling people what Saluki is. I had are? five workouts with a guy. It can't all just be teaching me how to lift. It, it was, you know, a little bit. Hey, of you want to know what a Saluki is? No, we were just talking about. Uh, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> uh, South Dakota, five and seven, four and four. <laughs> Indiana State, five and seven, three and five. Youngstown State, Missouri State. And then lastly, Western Illinois, one and 11, one and seven. Not going to go through those. Bad record teams at the bottom. Uh, most notable departure, Bo Pinelli, Pellini Pinelli, the head coach for Youngtown, Youngstown State, is now the defensive coordinator at LSU. So there's been a bit of a, a shakeup towards the back end of the Missouri Valley Conference. Sean, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. I'm not going to waste any time. We're, we're going to talk about the key players and... The only guy I think we have to talk about that if we didn't talk about him, something would be wrong with us and something would be wrong with the quality of production in the show. That is Trey Lance, North Dakota State's quarterback. He is 6'3", 224. Last season, he had an unprecedented year, winning the Walter Payton and also Jerry Rice Awards uh, for the best player in the country as well as best freshman. He rushed for 1,100 yards, 14 touchdowns, and then threw for 2,786 yards, 28 touchdowns. But the most absurd statistic out of anything that Trey Lance has done and will ever do is the fact that he has never thrown an interception at the Division I FCS level. And that might not change by the end of this 2020 season. He is, without a doubt, the best player in the country. Trey Lance is like finding music. Uh, you you want to put people onto him, but when the music that you originally found starts getting really popular, 
you start getting upset with the other people that find it popular uh, because you were on it with the first wave. I couldn't be happier uh, from a realistic standpoint, uh, seeing all of the uh, the praise for him and acknowledgement for how uh, good he is and the anticipation from him uh, for the NFL level from all these other uh, sports journalists. Uh, but we were here first, and uh, maybe that's greedy and narcissistic, which it is. Um, <laughs> but I can only get greedy and narcissistic about something if it's really something special. And that's what Trey Lance is. Uh, we don't see this often, uh, even at any level of, of college football. Uh, there's one or two every year, one or two, that you can definitively state this guy is going to be a difference maker next year at the next level. And Trey Lance is one or two is one of the two or three guys in the next couple years that is definitively a difference maker at the next level. So I'm happy he's getting the praise. But how about you? You know, you understand who was who was at the at the bull first. He is a generational talent playing at North Dakota State, a three-star recruit that chose to come to NDSU over FBS programs with quality programs at that as well and seemingly made the right decision. I think it's extremely fair to say that Trey Lance is one of the best quarterbacks of all time to play at the FCS level. I don't think that's too unreasonable. I think that we're definitely going to get some uh, older, older fans of the show that might want to argue with me, but... The fact that the guy threw for, actually not even threw, but he had over 40 total touchdowns, over 1,000 rushing yards, and over 2,500 passing yards while throwing zero interceptions is unfathomable. It's, it's something that just doesn't happen, that he was able to impact the game from multiple levels. Sean, I've got an interesting comp for you. I, I'm curious to hear what you think, but... I think my comp for him is Derrick Henry, but he's your quarterback because he is not like a typical, he's not like Lamar Jackson, who is the best dual threat quarterback in the NFL right now. And he is at least willing to slide in various situations and he's not going to beat you with power. He's going to beat you because he's the fastest player on the field. Trey Lance, I watch him run into contact, run through contact like he is a big-bodied running back, but he has an elite arm. Is that fair? Is that not a, a crazy comp? <laughs> That's fair. He won't do that at the NFL level, though, because there's a famous mic'd-up clip of Trent Williams and Kirk Cousins where Kirk Cousins on a third and 16 uh, runs right into, I believe, a Vikings defender at that time, gets the first down, lowers his shoulder, and then Trent says, okay, great job on that first down. Hell yeah, but don't ever do that again. We need your shoulder. Uh, so I don't expect this exact same play style from Lance in the NFL. I think he's going to go there and he's going to realize, oh, I can't do this. You know, I'm not playing ISU. I'm playing the Denver Broncos. And here comes Bradley Chubb. Uh, so I, I really like the comp that right now he's Derrick Henry and he's playing the quarterback position. I think that's uh, really good for college. Um, but for the NFL, it's like it's almost like young Ben Roethlisberger. It just, just, yeah, it, it, that, yeah, that's, that's what it reminds me of just his ability to, to move. And it's like uh, the guy has a cannon, right? And I like that you noted this, uh, just for the arm talent in particular, his touch, it's, it's exquisite. It's like, 
it's it's like just dropping dimes all over the place, just dime after dime. I, I've never seen better finesse at the college football level than than with Lance. His touch is almost that of a fifth year senior with first round hype. Like it's like he's been around that long. The type of touch that he has with his passes. And I just want to say with the the cop with meets saying he compares to Derrick Henry. I'm not saying that. And I'm not making the dumb comments that people did about Lamar Jackson when he was coming into the league and when he was in the league were, oh, not bad for a running back. Uh, he is not at all anything, or, or not, I'm trying to think the better way to say this. I'm not saying that he is not a good passer because that is his best part of his game. Easily. But he is a physical runner for his size, and he is not afraid to play contact despite being a quarterback. But like Matt Stafford. Just to, like Stafford. Ma- yes. I think in general, just to kind of round out this comparison, or not comparison, but analysis for Trey Lance, is that he has stupid arm talent. He has arm talent that you just don't see at the college football level in general on a yearly basis. His touch, timing, his arm strength, the speed that the ball comes off of his hand, and then his ability to to throw accurately on the run. All of those things contribute to why he is such a good quarterback and also why he threw zero interceptions, why he completed so many of his passes, and why he was a huge playmaker. Well, our first running back on the list, this list is North Dakota State running back Adam Cofield, where he's number 18 on the field, 5'11", 207 pounds. Last year ran for 813 yards and 12 touchdowns. He got mentioned a good amount on our show uh, during uh, last year's regular season. And I, I believe Joe might have a little bit of analysis for us. Joe? Yeah, Cofield was not the primary lead go-to back, but he was certainly extremely productive. You see those 12 touchdowns. That's for a very good reason because he is that primary power guy that they always went to. Every game that I watched for North Dakota State, the announcers always said, "Adam, here comes Adam Cofield, their power guy. That was how they referred to him as, even though he's not a super big running back. He's only 207 pounds, but he has that that low center of gravity. He's got that really good leg drive, that falling forward ability, making him uh, very, very powerful as a runner. Sean, we've got one receiver on this list, and that is a very talented guy, Mr. Cade Johnson from South Dakota State, 5'10", 180, 72 receptions for 1,022 yards and eight touchdowns. He also has two straight 1,000-yard seasons. Yeah, it, it- it's no doubt that Cade Johnson is South Dakota State's number one target uh, in the last two seasons and this in in this upcoming season. Uh, and I'm when I'm watching him, there were two guys that popped up. Uh, one, just his running style and his return ability. Uh, it reminded me of Eric Weems, formerly of uh, the Atlanta Falcons and Chicago Bears, uh, just in the way that his body moves. And then as a receiver, he reminds me of Doug Baldwin. And Doug Baldwin, um, obviously a fantastic route runner. It's also interchangeable with any of the the, the myriad of, of Seattle Seahawks receivers that have come in there. Uh, Tyler Lockett, um, who's who's another one of them? Uh, Joe, kind of the the smaller, shiftier, go up, make a play. Um, Doug Baldwin, or did you already say him? I already said Doug Baldwin. There was one more. It doesn't matter. Uh, he just fits a system like that where – there's an expectation for how his play style is going to be deemed, but when he gets out there, it's it's all up for grabs. He's going to go get jump balls. He's going to do what he needs to do. He's going to make every catch that he needs to make, and that's what I see a lot from uh, Kate Johnson. 
Now, Joe, um, if you don't mind, I will lead us to our biggest patch yet, where I will uh, discuss six of the best offensive line prospects in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. First, I will start with North Dakota State center Carson Schoing, or Schoing, 59 on the field, six foot five, 302 pounds. And you're going to hear this term a lot because there are two other North Dakota State offensive linemen on this list. Athlete. This guy is an athlete at center. The way that he moves, the way that he gets to the second level, it is athletic. Everything that he does is athletic. He is disciplined. He stays low, and all of the offensive line uh, moves and works around him, as it does with a lot of centers. You work inside out, uh, and it really works with him uh, manning the helm of that anchor position at center. Uh, the next offensive lineman here that we have, South Dakota State uh, right guard Wes Gannant. Number 77 on the field. He is six foot four, 305 pounds. Last year he redshirted uh, due to injuries, but from what I did see uh, near the end of the year when he still had that four-game uh, freedom for the redshirt, uh, really good feet, stays low with good balance. I like his uh, body posture at all times. Uh, he starts his stance. He's got a low stance, uh, which sometimes it's tough to really get out of. Uh, some offensive line, just, uh, offensive line coaches prefer you get in the most comfortable uh, stance for you to get out explosively. Uh, Gannant has no problem being explosive out of that stance. Um, I'm really looking forward to see what he has to do next year. Our third offensive lineman here, Illinois State offensive tackle Drew Himmelman, 71 on the field, six foot ten, 315 pounds. This guy is the biggest man on the field at all times, but he plays very stout. He plays, he obviously playing tackle. He has everything. He does everything he needs to do at the tackle position. But the way that his his center of gravity and the way that he punches, the way he gets his hips and legs down, um, it, 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 it's stout. Uh, he's got strong hands, and he gets his power from his back and hips. That you could tell that from the way that he strikes. Uh, but at the next level, at six foot ten, uh, offensive line coach is going to have to reteach him how to bend and how to properly get into positions because he's not just facing uh, or, uh, a college defensive lineman. He's going to be facing. Uh, extraordinarily strong defensive ends at the next level, whereas if you don't know how to bend properly, you will be put on your neck. Our next offensive lineman, uh, Joe, at the halfway point, do you have any comments or you want me to keep on rolling? Keep on rolling, but you completely ignored what I said I wanted to do, but just keep rolling. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, this is the patch. There are no rules here. Uh, North Dakota State. Offensive tackle Dylan Radens, uh, number 75 on the field, six foot six, 301 pounds. Again, athlete, long arms, great body positioning. This guy is probably one of the one or two uh, highest touted offensive linemen for the FCS level. Uh, he just does everything right. He, the way that he blocks, you can see that he takes what he learns uh, in practice and training, puts it right into the game. And it's not like it, it, you can directly tell that they're drills. It just looks supernatural the way that he does them. Uh, he just keeps guys away from his chest. He always has his feet moving. He's fast. Uh, he's quick. It, 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 he's an athlete. And now uh, in the NFL at the offensive line position, you're looking for athletes. Uh, now a very interesting uh, specimen from the offensive line group, UNI offensive tackle Spencer Brown, number 76, six foot nine, just came short to Himmelman uh, on the height category, 321 pounds. Uh, what I see from Brown, he is really quick. His feet are quick. His uh, hips are quick. And I was watching a UNI feature, uh, which stated that he finally filled out his frame uh, last year, um, which is kind of uh, freaky. 
Uh, so he was definitely a, a later bloomer. I'm assuming his freshman year, he came in pretty light, but that means he was fast and he just had to do what a lot of offensive linemen have to do, get stronger. Uh, he's a prototype for tackle at the next level. He's got the frame that you want. He's got the hands and feet that you want. He's got the intangibles. And then now uh, his movement, uh, it's, it's incredibly desirable for the next level. And wrapping it up now, uh, last but certainly not least, North Dakota State, Offensive tackle Cordell Volson, number 67. He's playing right tackle last year. Six foot six, 312 pounds. I'll say it one more time for you. Athlete. This guy has great body positioning. He's really good in double teams. He's good in space also. Uh, he keeps his head, head down uh, on drive blocks. He just has the right fits with his hands. Uh, he, he's just another North Dakota State offensive lineman that is primed and is being taught the things that you're taught at the NFL level. Keep an eye on all six of these guys. Uh, they are going to be standouts for sure uh, this next season, and uh, maybe we'll see them in Indianapolis for the combine. <sighs> now, on to the defensive side. Uh, UNI defensive end Ellerson Smith, number 16 on the field, six foot seven, 245. I personally like his punch. I think Joe might have some more thoughts on him also. Yeah, you put down this note about his punch, and I think that the, the better way to discuss it is – He's not even punching, he swings. Ellerson Smith has the most powerful, aggressive approach to pass rushing that I've seen from an FCS defensive end. He's not twitchy, he's not bendy, he's not like going to beat you around the edge. He is going to swing at you and hope that you get the hell out of the way, and if not, he'll keep swinging and hitting you until you move, and he'll find a way to make a play on the ball uh, you know, wherever it's going to end up. I, I reached out to a friend of the show, Mr. Ryan Roberts, draft analyst, because he is a big fan of Ellerson Smith, and I asked him a quick couple of thoughts, what he thinks of him. Here's the quote I have from Ryan. He said, long and explosive, reminding me a bit of Michael Johnson coming out of Georgia Tech. Don't think he's incredibly bendy, but his hands are surprisingly solids. So I think Tyson. that he was... Yeah, exactly. He's he's not bendy. He's not gonna he's not gonna outbend you to the edge to the quarterback. But he's gonna hit you in the face. I, I'm I haven't watched enough tape on him to see if this has happened. But there's got to be some plays where he's punched dudes in the head, not intentionally, but just from the the sheer aggressiveness. If Deontay Wilder was playing defensive end in college football, uh, that's what Ellerson Smith <laughs> uh, is. I would say, uh, but. Uh, I, Maybe just Chandler Jones could be a good comp because Chandler he's, Jones, he's, yeah, because his brother's John Jones. <laughs> Dude, it's like he's Chandler. It's like he's Chandler. Jo- it, it, that's actually a really good comp. Is Chandler Jones just long? Uh, but his movements are erratic, but they're effective. Mm-hmm. It, it's one exactly. of the most intriguing film uh, that I've watched this year for FCS. Sean, out of the three defensive linemen, we've got a second one: Illinois State defensive end Romeo McKnight. Another tall, long defensive end, heavier than Smith, six foot five, two sixty, and then last season, incredibly productive, sixty-four tackles, sixteen and a half tackles for loss, twelve sacks, and two forced fumbles. Uh, yeah, McKnight is super twitchy, uh, very, very twitchy off the edge. He has the full move set, which I know you've heard me discuss in previous uh, shows, talking about how. Defensive ends, they need the full move set if they're going to want to move on to the next level. That's true. Uh, McKnight has that, and then his speed and his ability to shed blocks, that's why he has 16 and a half tackles for loss. It's not because um, he's just faster than everybody. It's because he has the ability to also shed blocks, uh, and that that all goes with your training, how to get your hands where you want to be and how to shed and how to – 
do the, the proper lifts and, and just to continuously practice these tedious, tedious motions uh, that defensive linemen have to go through. But eventually they pay off and they pay off in numbers like we see with McKnight here. And our last defensive lineman here, UNI defensive end, Bronte Wells, number 91 on uh, your television, six foot three, two sixty seven. 267. Uh, Joe is intrigued by something that he did in the playoffs. Please uh, enlighten us. Yeah, another power rusher for you and I. Again, not too bendy, and I think he feels and projects better as a defensive tackle just based on his size, maybe add a little bit more weight because he's wide. He's very wide for a defensive end. But when I was watching him, I immediately turned off the tape after I saw this play because I was like, all right, I've had it. I've, I've seen enough. I, I, I know who this guy is. I watched him <laughs> drop from a defensive end rush spot and let somebody else rush and hover around about five yards from the line of scrimmage. And I think it was a receiver or a tight end. I'm pretty sure it was a receiver. I watched him pick off Reed Sinnott from San Diego and return it for a touchdown. You don't see defensive ends do that. You just don't. You don't see defensive ends drop into coverage, read a top-level quarterback, pick him off, and then return it for a touchdown. That is... uh, All of that embodies what he is as an athlete, his awareness. I don't even need to explain it. If you can do that, you're a really freaking good defensive lineman. I believe the word you were looking for was bonkers. Bonkers. I like bonkers. Sean, we've got one inside linebacker. He is very, very talented for South Dakota. I believe he is one of two South Dakota linebackers we have on this list. That is Jack Cochrane, six foot three. 230. Last season, he racked up 106 tackles, seven tackles for loss, three sacks, two interceptions, three passes defended, and two forced fumbles. Uh, yeah, what I saw from Cochrane, uh, he tackles through ball carriers. It, it, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm certain that he got uh, scouted and recruited at a camp where he was seen tackling. Uh, one of the uh, the dummies during a ta- open field tackle drill. I'm I'm certain that's how he got recruited, because all I see on his film is when he goes to tackle somebody, he just keeps on running through them and he keeps on moving his feet until they're on their backs. And uh, that is is so fun to watch from inside linebackers that they're not just wrapping up the ankles. He is just running through somebody and not like he's pulverizing them, but just making a tackle and not stopping the tackle once you've uh, wrapped up. Uh, it, it's it's just one more step. Uh, that makes uh, that that can turn a good linebacker into a great linebacker, and he's super high energy. He will beat you to the point of attack. Uh, just he he moves around. He's got control when he's on the field. He's reading uh, all the offense very well. Uh, he knows what's going on. You could tell he's in tuned uh, to what's happening on the offense and what he needs to do for the next play. I really like this guy, uh, and I know Joe uh, really likes our next guy, SIU free safety Quay Brown, uh, number twenty four last year. Five foot 11, 203 pounds. Uh, sorry to prelude that. I'm sure um, that'll be the same height and weight this next year. Uh, but last year, 105 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, one pick, and 12 passes defended. Quay Brown was playing across from Jeremy Chin as the free safety across from Chin. And I think that he is the perfect guy to play opposite of him because he is the speed and the 
uh, roaming, rangy, free safety opposite of the the big, aggressive, attacking, strong safety that was Chin. Strong tackler for a guy that's not super big. He's perfect size for a free safety that you want. And even though he's not very big, he's still, like I said, very, very good tackler. Fluid, fast mover from, from deep in coverage. And then there was one play. I want to know how many other guys got close to this, but you deserve to be on this list if you almost picked off Trey Lance. He had it in his hands. There's a knock on him for not catching that ball. Oh, but he made, a really, he made a really good play by catching Trey Lance, not seeing him. And he, it's not like he, Trey Lance tried to force it into a tight situation. He just read the play really well. He saw where Trey was trying to go with the football, and he stepped in front of it. I think if he was a step closer, he could have fully picked that thing off, and we wouldn't be talking about how Trey Lance has zero interceptions. Our last linebacker, South Dakota outside linebacker, Jake Matthew, six foot three, 250. Last season, he had 53 tackles, 11 and a half tackles for loss, and five sacks. So pretty good uh, pairing there with the two South Dakota linebackers. Definitely is. Uh, um, they they complement each other. Uh, Matthew is definitely the, the bigger bully of the two. Uh, I could just tell he is exceptionally strong uh, given his acceleration and his leg drive. Uh, watching um, South Dakota versus North Dakota State last year, uh, I think it was a play action or uh, where um, he was playing uh, right outside linebacker or right end, and then um, Trey Lance was rolling out to his left. Uh, and then it, it looked like there was no chance in hell that, that Matthew was going to be able to get him. Uh, but bef- Lance obviously doing Lance things releases it just before Matthew gets him. But he covered a span of like eight yards in, in what seemed like half a second. It was uh, very, very impressive uh, what Matthew did. Uh, and, and that's what you can expect from him on a weekly basis, how fast he can get to the point of attack and, and how um, he's going to try to punish you when he gets to you. Uh, our first defensive back on the list here, uh, ISU cornerback Devin Taylor, is going to be leading us off. Six foot one, two hundred pounds. Love that frame. Last year, sixty-five tackles, two tackles for loss, one sack, five interceptions, and twenty-four passes defended. Joseph, any thoughts and, on uh, and, Mr. Taylor? Uh, Taylor is another guy on the long list of long, rangy corners. I am always a big fan of taller corners because they have added length, which gives them an advantage in close, tight, man-to-man situations. So uh, Taylor continues to add to that list of long, long long-armed cornerbacks. Sean, last player, another ISU guy to wrap up today's list, Christian Uphoff, free safety, 6'3", 195, 70 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, two interceptions, and nine passes defensed last season. Well, I hate that you already used the word of the day for the defensive backs, but this guy is rangy. He is tall. He's got a great frame. He reads the offense very well uh, from his position to free safety. Um, he reads the quarterback exceptionally well uh, on, on the quarterback's reads, and obviously on a run, run play, he, he gets in his fits and he does exactly what he needs to do. I really like Uphoff. I really like what he's uh, able to do and uh, from his position, and I, I think he's got a lot of promise for this next year to, to, to make good strides. Sean, now to conclude that list of players to watch, I think that there's not going to be much of a disagreement here. Who is the guy that you're going to be watching 
closely and that you think is going to be the best player next season? There's no doubt in my mind that you and I and every other person trying to get the quote-unquote diamond in the rough will be tuning in to Trey Lance next year. He is the player to watch. I know that you are incredibly high on him. I know that every other FCS broadcaster is incredibly high on him. There's no reason not to be. Uh, He is primed uh, for another excellent season. He's got a great offensive line coming back, and you're just waiting, you know, you just want to see him make more magic happen. Uh, he is the player to watch definitively, not only in the MVS uh, FC, but but in the F, F, FCS. I'm also going to have to go with Trey Lance here. I, we, we, you'd be crazy not to pick Trey Lance. Maybe we should have added an extra category, the guy that you want to watch besides that's not named Trey Lance. Right. Uh, <laughs> Because he is the best returning player in college football at the FCS level. He is one of the best returning college football players next season. And there's honestly a very high chance if he declares that he goes in the first round because of how talented he is, how much of an impact player he is, all of the things that he does at the quarterback position. Sean, if there was a team that you had to pick out of this conference that you think is sleeping, that is in a position to sneak up on some of these good teams who do you think that is uh south dakota actually i i think that their defense is stout i think that their offense last year showed a lot of promise uh four and four last year sitting 500 i can see them definitely uh not they're not going to go out and beat north dakota state but i can see them uh being plus 500 next year so i they are going to be my sleeper i'm not going with a sleeper in the traditional sense i'm just going off of the fact that this is a talented team, and if anyone is going to upset North Dakota State, it has to be this team. That is Northern Iowa. The defensive unit that they are returning next season is beyond talented, incredibly deep, a lot of huge playmakers on that defensive side, as well as some offensive guys as well. If someone is going to come in and surprise North Dakota State and be right up against them, breathing down their neck, it is going to be you and I. Sean, same situation as earlier. I don't think we're going to disagree much here. If you had to pick someone, who who's winning the conference? North Dakota State University. And, um, you know, I remember last year during FC Estimates, a couple of times, I, I think once for each of us, we both predicted a um, an NDSU loss. And we, we went really? out on a limb and we said, I, I'm picking so-and-so. Uh, they're going to beat them this year, this this week, and they're going to be stopped. Uh, I'm going to learn from my mistakes. That. No, I distinctly remember you did that also. It was one of your hottest takes of the year. You lost it. Um, oh, you're right. You're right. Yes. I, you remember you made your whole stand on the hill. <laughs> yes. Yes. I forget what week that was. I remember that. It might have been South Dakota State or it might have been Illinois State. One of the two. Uh, but it you was definitely, one of the two. It might have been both. Pa- <laughs> you were definitely passionate and passionate and adamant about uh them they're them them losing uh i can't say that well i won't do the same thing at least once this upcoming season but uh right now it it would be foolish not to take north dakota state as the uh favorite to win i mean why wouldn't you pick north dakota state to lose every single week if they're a part of fc estimates because then you can say you're the guy who predicted a north dakota state loss out of okay. every single person in the country <laughs> can we do a um uh we should do a point system that if you predict the uh, north dakota state loss next year you get an extra um how many wins five ten wins on the season sure 
Sure. Okay. Let's go what, for what do you want to be? Five or ten? Uh, let's do five. Five. Okay. Extra five wins if you pick the North Dakota State loss. I am also <gasps> going to pick North Dakota State to win the Missouri Valley Conference. There, there isn't much of an explanation. You're returning the best player. You're returning a lot of talented offensive linemen, defensive players. You're losing. Um, you're losing a couple seniors, but nothing that I, I'm really too too worried about. You're also losing Jabril Cox. This team is still by far and away the most talented team at the FCS level. Sean, that is all we have for today's show. Thank you for tuning in as always, folks. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Give us some feedback, some constructive criticism, things that we can change that you want us to try. Whatever it is, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, also follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Sean at Sanderson Radio. Check out Believe Podcasts on Twitter at Believe Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And also, if you're looking for our show, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it. We are 100% there. Sean, you got any closing thoughts for us? Uh, I'm back, people. So if you enjoyed the solo show for Joe, you could check out Joe Knows uh, on Get to the Point. But other than that, you are getting a duo show uh, until further notice. Enjoy it. Until he's sick again, because I will do a show with Strip. <laughs> I don't know about oh, I, I promise you, you wouldn't have. Um, <laughs> I will do it. Uh, actually, uh, I do have to talk to you something about um, <laughs> mid-June <laughs> after the show. Oh, great. Well, our last, our last conference preview is the CAA. Stay tuned for that next week. And then we're immediately going into... The positional breakdowns. We should have some interviews set up. Just completed one today. Uh, the first one is going to be specialists. I am going to be having uh, Adam Tanowski, Tal- uh, the kicking expert, as well as uh, best kick- kicking coach in the country, coach of a number of FCS guys. So he's going to come on the show again uh, for the second time to talk about the guys that he is looking for next season. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.